Across city can be a bit dodgy, but only because of roadworks and usually what's in the timetable is operating. If you're in Harold's Cross and a bus leaves town at three, we'll expect it to be there at quarter past, twenty past. If I'm stuck behind a delivery van on Camden Street for five minutes, I won't be there until maybe half or whatever. It's, it will hold it up. But on the other routes, like Skerries, Swords, um, where there's no real major hold-up, it's not cross-city, you can set your watch by them, and I think anyone in Swords or Skerries would agree with me there that it's very efficient. The 16 road it has a lot of traffic, a lot of, it's in, it travels through a highly densely populated area all the time. You know, there's no country, there's no nothing. It's city, it's suburban, it's, there's what, there's 58 sets of traffic lights between, say, Santry and Grange Road. I counted that one night when I was bored. Yeah. It's quarter to seven now, that's not really very early. Our earliest start from Summer Hill is 4.35. That's the workman that goes out and bring, brings the bus workers in, goes out to Scurries. So I've bus number uh, 679 and I'm um, going out to get that now. I have my module modulised, so we're on our way now. 680, that's no good to us now. On the 16 rows we use the Van Hoons all the time. Now if I were to work Scaries or Balbriggan uh, 54s, I would use one of the newer KDs. That one there, for instance. I drive one of those, they're completely automatic. And the one I drive now is semi-automatic, just change the gears. Six, seven, nine. Um, I think our earliest start would be the workman, and that's to bring the actual work workers in. And you have to be in the garage probably half four, and out to Scurries and bring the... It's the if you live that far away, you're up at half four, four o'clock, I think. There we are. I have to put some number, numbers on it or people won't know where we're going. Now we're going to Grange Road, that's Farnham. to roll. I won't make it on this manoeuvre, will I? I might have to reverse, maybe I will. Oh, perfect. We're off to Grange Road. You know where Grange Road is? Rathfarnham direction. Harold's Cross, Turnure. The two landmarks initially are Kelly's Corner, Leonard's Corner. Harold's Cross, Turnure. It's, it's pretty quiet, actually, until people start... Um, they really start moving around eight or half eight for work. And then all the cars and all the confusion and the bikes and it all starts. Bandino. Receiving your tummy. Bandino. Receiving your tummy.
numbers gone and I started in here and think it uh, must be 82, I'm here 8 years or over 8 and uh, people find it very strange being from Roscommon they often say what's a Roscommon woman doing driving a bus around the city but um, I suppose I'm here so long I don't find it all that strange now and I'm driving nearly 4 years but uh, I never thought that I when in my school days in Roscommon that I would end up as a bus driver in Dublin bus but here I am anyway this morning now I set my alarm for 6 but that's not really early I've often had to set it for 5 my earliest start would be 6 which I find um, I can't handle at all I don't like early mornings I much prefer the later starts I'm not a morning person I suppose one of the reasons is I won't go to bed at night but that's neither here nor there I still have to be in in the morning you know The late one will probably start at half, two, three. Uh, it varies. Sometimes we, we have a relief duty in starting at around one, which is quite tolerable as well. It starts at one and you finish at nine, so you can actually do something where you, when you get home. Whereas on the late shift, um, you're not getting in until half, twelve, one o'clock. And nothing on the telly unless you get a video. But um, I, don't, I don't mind the late shift at all. I quite enjoy it. Um, I don't get much done, funnily enough, on the late week. I kind of lie in bed and get up couple hours before it's time to go to work um, the early week I get much more uh, things done in the house and shopping and stuff like that it's, I have more time to myself but uh, I don't mind I can sacrifice that for the few hours in bed that I have when I am working late now we're coming up to Grange Road now that's the terminus for the 16 and I'm 7.35 from Grange Road going to Airways Industrial Estate that would be a 16B so um, I think I'm a quarter to nine over there or something. They roughly give you an hour and a half running time to go across city, maybe more at this time of the morning. Before I started in here, I worked in a pharmacy and I shared with a girl, a girl from the States actually, and she'd come over here unemployed and they were at that stage taking on female conductoresses. So she got the job and I thought the hours were quite flexible and you'd have a lie on in the morning and... It suited me better than what I was at, kind of nine to five sort of thing, because I found it very, very difficult to get out of the bed. So I it was one of the reasons I came in here. At least I'd get a lie on every second week, you know. So I applied and um, started, and I loved it. I found I wasn't watching the clock all day. You're going from one end of the city to the other, and after a couple of years here, then I had my own driver, and it was kind of like having your husband nearly with you every day you got so intimate because you he'd saw you at your worst and your best sort of thing so um that was joe duff actually we got on extremely well i've been very lucky with most of the drivers i've had but it's all day you're you know you get up so early and you with them all day it's, uh, you get to know his family whatever and they visit you when you visit them and it all becomes like it's it's like a best friend if you get on with them and the day goes in so much easier so much quicker because you've someone to talk to and it's surprised you probably end up telling drivers that you get on such a, an intimate base with them you probably end up telling them your your problems before you'd tell your boyfriend you'd be you'd see so much more of him and that's how intimate it gets when you're with a, a driver like that i don't know it's i think it's the same for the males you know uh, two guys marked in together they they look after their own conductor and their own driver 
So then I was senior enough to go driving and uh, went up to the driving school. Now, that was a nightmare. That was probably the hardest six weeks of my life. And only for the instructors up there, I don't think I'd have made it because I never drove before I went driving here at driving buses. I never drove a car. People find say, my God, you never drove a car and you're out driving a bus and looking passengers from one end of the city to the other. But I didn't. And um, I, they prefer you actually in the school to go up without previous experience because then you have no bad habits. So, but I still had loads of bad habits. I mean, I was just terrified. So my first um, encounter was, I think, the Ashburn Road, meeting our ticks, whizzing back and forth. I was absolutely terrified. I couldn't eat or sleep when I was up there. And uh, my test <coughs> came about and failed it the first time, I think. And the sec at the third time round, I think I got the, the test. And that was the... I'd say the happiest day of my life when I actually walked out with my certificate of competence and the instructors, you know, egging you on all the way, even when you'd head off with the intester, they, they never lost faith in you. When you failed, it didn't matter. They were back to put more into you next week. So eventually I got the test and um, my first day of driving was a nightmare. I still expected to have someone behind me kind of saying left here or right here and all of a sudden I was on my own. And I, of course I had a conductor, but... It was frightening and I was driving really slow. After about five journeys, I was grand. I was in the swing of things and everything going well. I hadn't handled money. I, I wanted to get away from the money, you know, from the conducting end of it. I was no, I think I was about one year driving when all of a sudden the company went OPPO. But the actual companionship in the job is gone since the OPPO has come in because everybody is getting their module in the morning and their dispenser and their board and they're rushing out and they have to be in, you know, Rathfarnham or Santry for such a time and there's no such thing as waiting on a conductor or a conductor hanging back for a, um, a driver or something. It's just up to you. So you're on your own. And when you come in, you have to count all your money. So there's no such thing as kind of, you know, having a yap with someone. It's all go, go, go. about 6.30 this morning. Usually I don't get the bus, I drive into work, but because I was up early and the car wasn't available, I decided to get the bus. So I aimed to get about the 7.30 bus, arrived out of the door 25 past 7 to see the bus flying by. So I was waiting until the 20 to 8 bus. I'm going in towards the guard station in Harcourt Street. Some mornings um, it's great and then other mornings two or three buses can come together and you can be waiting for 20 minutes before you get another one. At the moment, the last few weeks now, it's been pretty good. I like the bus. I like it, yeah. I enjoy coming in the bus. Just looking out the window. Basically lazy. I don't want to talk to anybody. Just look out the window. actually <coughs> it's better now that it's not bright maybe pick up a few more along Beaumont going out to the areas industrial estate although most of the factories have probably started to roll at this stage half eight I think it is or eight o'clock do you want this stop?
And I don't like the page enter. I think it holds it up an awful lot. Now I'm later this morning because of that, you know. Uh, I usually get to 10 to 9 and it doesn't get into about half past 9. You know, over this page enter, you see people handing 20 pound notes. You know, and you have to wait, maybe 10 people to get on. You have to wait till they all get their change. You know, it puts about 20 minutes onto the journey. If, if I have the change, I will uh, make it. If not, I, you know, tell them, listen, you can meet me in, I leave the change in head office or Summerhill Garage, whichever you prefer, but I cannot make £19 in singles for you right now. And they say, so you'll take my £20 and, and I'll have to collect it later. I say, well, that's the only procedure we have now at the moment. There's no way I can possibly make change. We don't keep money, we make part payments at each terminus. So I don't have a surplus of cash with me to make change. So they, there's no way anybody will part with their £20 note or their tenner and collect it later. They usually get off and get the bus behind. But I, even doing that, I advise them that the bus behind, nine times out of ten, he's not going to have it either. So go to a, a shop and make change. But I think there are an awful lot of chancers out there, chancing their arm in the hope that you won't have it and you might let them go. Because on a couple of occasions I've got, well, sure, take my name and address, uh, in the hope that you won't break the £20 note. But um, if you were to, you know, sit, stand beside me driving all day, I could tell you the guy that's going to not have the fare ready or the woman that's not going to have the fare ready or the person that's going to maybe chance giving me change or even sometimes to get back at you, you they may give you a whole load of pennies and coppers and stuff like that. And they get on with the... I, I know them now to see. And if I were to kind of say to you, um, this person is going to give me grief, you'd say, how do you know? What you just do is kind of another sense that you develop from dealing with the public all the time. You get to know the ones that are going to be fine and the ones that are going to give you trouble, you know. Um, I listen to the workman to take away the boredom. Um, it's really very, very boring. You're spending about three hours, three and a half hours a day in a bus and totally, really tedious. There's no point in me bringing a car into college. I know the park is too expensive. It's more convenient and I don't know what time I'm going to be coming home at. So rather than going to college for eight hours and ended up saying they were 10 or 12, there's no point in me having to bring a car in, pay all that park, and when I get the bus, much more convenient. I wouldn't keep a car in town, not for the distances that I'd be travelling, because it'd be impractical. Um, if I was somebody coming in from maybe Maynooth or, you know, commuting in from the sub suburbs, like, yeah, maybe then I'd consider taking a car, all right, yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you're not going to be any quicker. OK, it'd be more reliable, but you're not going to be any quicker because traffic congestion is so bad, you know. We get the bus every morning around 10 to 9. We get into school around 9 o'clock. So um, it's a comfortable there. Like when we got on this morning, it was real warm. That's what I was just saying, you know. It was real warm and comfortable. I, at one stage, I thought everything was going fairly well, running according to schedule. But at the moment, we're way behind. We're at least 10 minutes behind schedule. So we'll probably be late in Grange Road and late handing over to the next driver. It's the rain that's holding everything up. There's nothing really one can do. Seats on top now, on top only. Look at half the road taken up. Ridiculous. I don't know where they get their license from. In this garage, I probably was the fourth or fifth girl to start conducting. And um, the lads are great. I mean, the lads we work with, there was no animosity at all. They kind of, it was great as far as they were concerned. It was different, it was new, and the passengers treated us fairly well. 
and maybe a last bus if they, you know, a female conducting it, you wouldn't, you know, maybe get fares. They'd try it on with you, you know, that Asher have no money or something. And but they got used to us and realised after a few years if they could adapt to the female driving the bus as quick as they did to the the woman conducting, you're still a kind of my God, it's a woman, you know. And uh, you you know, a lot of guys. Our own generation seemed to be okay. I don't know whether it was the, the revolution in the 60s or they're more liberated or something, but they seem to accept us, you know, or they don't kind of good girl, you know, or something like that. Got a few young kids um, quite recently, and, hey, it's a woman. I'm not bleeding getting on that bus. I have a lot of hassle with young guys. Maybe it's their age, you know, the 13, they're kind of rebellious or whatever, but they seem to give me the most trouble. The older ones, then, are giving me credit, but they might say something like, well... You're as good as any man, you know, as in the sense that, um, like, you're a woman. So, I mean, you're not better than any man. So I usually reply with, well, I should hope so. I have the same certificate of confidence, of competence, six weeks training, the same as the rest of them. I should hope I'm as good. I've had a few run-ins with 50-year-olds where, you know, they regard it as not my place to be behind a wheel driving a bus when there are people on the dole. And um, my place is at home with my children. And my reply to that is usually, well, does it matter if I don't have any? And uh, they say, well, if it's the likes of you that has these people on the dole. On a couple of occasions, I had a drunk and he was shouting. And he was paying his fare, I think. But um, a guy sitting down the back and he, up like a light, are you OK there? What's wrong? Will you not pay? And this guy wasn't um, a policeman in civvies or a busman or anything. He was just a normal passenger that's gotten to know my face from travelling on the, from driving on the 16th and conducting for so many years. So on a couple of occasions, passengers have actually come up and helped me. And on one occasion, a passenger threw another passenger off the bus, a big guy. And, you know, the guy that, that was giving me the trouble uh, backed down and he said, right, off. But that's, I, I have no objection at all to someone doing that. It's now what time half two, and um, it's been very busy. The traffic's been sticky, and um, the lunchtime passengers, most of them are shoppers, um, people on their lunch break just travelling short distances across town. The general feeling is that a lot of people are not really in much of a hurry to go places, but you know, like they're moving around. It's not like, say, morning rush hour or evening rush hour, where people are definitely going someplace and they know what time their bus is due, what time. The amount of people paying bus fares at this hour as well is different to the morning. The mornings you have a lot of people with commuter tickets, and at lunchtime we have a lot of the old people have their passes, so they, well, most of them don't show them anyway, but you can tell by looking at them that, you know, they pat their bag or pat their a breast pocket or something. If you look at the bus lane there, it's completely full of parked cars, double parked, trailers, everything. It's not a bus lane, it's just a parking lot. He was with his stockbroker this morning, and with his banker this morning, and with the post office this morning. And I was with my banker this morning, I was with the stockbroker. And uh, we also did our, what have you? Oh, yes, um, we had our go at the, go at the lotto, lotto as well. well. That's, uh, figures. Uh, we had uh, a luncheon in a pub. He had sandwiches, 
salad sandwiches, I had cheese sandwiches, and we each had a small bottle of Portuguese wine. We're both retired, OAPs, you know, enjoying it thoroughly and wondering why there are thousands of people all over the damn place here not doing anything, not working. What the heck are they doing? Why aren't they working their butts off to support us? <laughs> I'm not associated entirely with his comments, incidentally. No, he, he thinks the same way, he really does. It's hard, you know. It's routine we meet, with We're us, brothers, really. you see. We meet in beauties in the morning, you see. And, and we, we uh, sort our affairs out there, you see, and have a little board meeting, you know. And then we off we go and do our business. There's usually know? bills to pay, ESB, gas company, and uh, we might have to draw a few pounds from the Billing Society or the bank. You know, it's a kind of a mixture of financial requirements that we meet and we find that uh, the trip to town covers it all and we spend most of the daytime, you know, uh, looking after these domestic matters. Well, more than domestic, they're essential really because you have to do them sometime. Paying bills is quite a feature, you know, of of our Friday activities. Both services ghastly. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Uh, Irregular, Uh, uh, not dependable. For instance, coming in this morning, there was a bus breakdown on the 15 roof, which I use coming into town. And uh, I had to wait a half an hour for a 15 bus, so I was a bit late for my appointment with a friend. And that, uh, I found, has happened over the last few months a couple of times. And we were just discussing this morning that the sooner the transport system here is put in the hands of private enterprise, the better. Yeah, we have a 16 Shardy, okay? We do have one on the way. That's good. Did you have that for Lady Did you have this Lady Under? Did I help her out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you stay here and wait for it? Yeah. yeah, it's on the south side. I'll be up in a minute, but it's too big. 16. 16. I'm a 16. 49, if anyone wants to go to The temperature gauge went up to um, 100, which means that it's not safe to drive the bus any further. It, it's not safe from the engine point of view. So there's, um, it automatically cuts out and has to cool down. The steering also went, which is unusual, in Camden Street, and I tried to nurse it on with, with no power steering, but um, one thing led to another, and that's why we're broken down now. We're waiting as um, we're waiting for for another bus to come along, the next one behind, which is the 16, and there's a 16A also on the way. But with the traffic bad, it's going to be a little bit slower than it would normally be. So we just have to wait until it gets here and. They'll be put onto that. They're the ones who suffer most of all, because I'm getting paid for sitting here. They have to to wait, you know. These things happen, and they, people think we do it deliberately, and we don't. We genuinely don't. When you think about it, a bus is on the road from, say, six or half six in the morning, and it's been handed over from driver to driver to driver until 12 o'clock that night. So things can go wrong with an, any engine with that kind of driving on it. Okay, so you took the passengers off where Willie Collins, yeah, okay. Are you going to Grange Road? Are you over? That's right. I've just taken the passengers off Willie, who apparently seems to have broke down. So I'll be carrying on with his passengers to Grange Road straight away. My name is Mark McDermott. I uh, work for Dublin Bus. I started today at uh, 8 minutes past 3 on Parnell Square and I will be breaking at um, 
7.20 in the garage. I'm a widow and uh, I'm, you know, I'm on my own. I had four, in family, I had four boys and two girls. And it leaves me, like, with a lot of time on my hands. So I had my eldest son up from Limerick. He came and he's a commandant in Limerick, in Sarsfield Barracks. And um, he came up the night before last night and stayed with me. So we had our lunch today and he's come back since half past two. I always come into town in the evening to spend a few hours in, you know, and uh, I do my shopping and uh, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I like to go to get my groceries and that was my, but I had my special uh, grocery shop in Henry Street. So after that, I um, go to Mass. Since my husband died, I like to get Mass every evening if I can. It gives me strength and courage to carry on. And I go to um, a quarter to six Mass over in the Pro Cathedral. And uh, I meet a friend and we go in and we have a cup of tea and a chat for a few hours. And I come home and I'm um, just home in time to straighten out a few things and then I look at the late late, this is Friday night so we always we all look forward to that I think like I'm a widow and I have the free pass thanks to Charlie and I I like to come on the bus I get straight in, we have a very good bus service if I come from Harles Cross I have the 16 or the 55 or any of the buses that go into O'Connor Street and I can go over to South Circular Road and they have another selection of buses and they just bring me straight into town I like them, I always find the conductors and very helpful and you know they're very nice and you always meet someone on the bus, you're in and out so often and you always meet someone and you have a little chat there's one lady over there we meet regular coming in and out over there, she's sitting over there what do the babies do on the bus? huh? You go boo 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 like that. Sing the wheels on the bus, um, Papa. And Mommy goes boo 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 like that. Does she? Hmm. Yeah. Wheels on the bus go round and round. Round and round. Doesn't that listen to me? Yeah. Uh, I have two children, two girls, one Lorraine and one Tony, and one seven, one's three. Uh, in one in five weeks, one week in five, I don't, don't see my children whatsoever. Um, don't like shift work, never have, but having said that, I've been doing it for the last nine years, so you'd, say, you'd think now that I'm used to it, but no, give me a nine-to-five to job, nine-to-five, any day of the week. If you haven't had a good night's sleep, you do, and you're up early the next morning, and you're not finishing, you've had a few... Pa- arguments on passengers blaming you for something that's not your fault, let bus being late. You try and explain that there's traffic involved and um, but sometimes you can really lose your rag. All that pressure, you're taking that and you, you're releasing it on someone else. You finish work, pull in the garage. Now fortunately I only live down the road from the garage so it's a 15 minute walk. So you're still wide and you're alert and you're, there's no way that you can just close your front door change for bed and jump in and bang go to sleep it takes at least an hour an hour and a half to wind down so it's probably three o'clock you're actually going to bed and falling asleep then 
a kid at seven, eight, coming into the bedroom wanting to play, and you're growling at them and get out of the room, get out of the room. And uh, when you do wake up around ten, you feel, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done that. But you're so tired that um, it's instant reaction. Probably send us the Harold's Cross now. That's normally the the business when you're late up here, he'll send you to Harold's Cross. Right, Tom, we'll do. I was wrong. I said that. We're doing a 16A now, going to Knockgrove, Georgetown. Conductors, you could just sit in that seat all day long and not have to move. Um, I'm travelling on the bus with my daughter, she's two years old, and I usually have to bring a buggy with her because she's too small to walk anywhere. And normally, I don't get into any difficulties getting on the bus, there's normally somebody who'll help me on with the buggy, though it's easier on, on the buses that have uh, conductors because conductors will literally always help. The one man buses is slightly more difficult. Just coming home from Pat's in Drumcondra, that's where we go to college, training for national teachers. And we just had an exam this evening, like, so that's why we're late out this evening. And we're just going home now. Home to bed, Well, we start teaching next week for a month, so we'll be doing our, all our preparations. <laughs> so she's well. going out tonight. <laughs> that's what we should be doing. I'm heading home from a day at work, uh, working in a bank, computer programmer. Um, tonight, I suppose, I don't know, I have no idea what I'll do tonight. I'll probably just head out and see if I can meet a few people and see what happens after that, you know. The weekend in general, I've got to work all weekend, which is pretty unfortunate. But uh, I'll probably still manage to get in a good night on uh, Saturday night, possibly, with some friends coming in from the continent. So On the weekends, go to work, come home from work, probably go out with a couple of mates. Sunday, get a couple of videos out of the video shop, sit down, look at them, all that, go out, ready for school on Monday, out to school, come home, go to work, so they really do, work a lot. Well it's um, quarter, quarter past six, and we're in Camden Street, traffic is not as bad as I actually um, thought it would be, but uh, still sticky enough. Um, I'd say when we're out of here, traffic should be pretty pretty okay. There's a 16 ahead of us, so passenger-wise, we're not too bad. We're not too full. That's it. Went into town this morning and I got my hair done in the hairdressers. And from there, I went into Cleary's. I met my sisters. We had lunch and uh, had a chat. And then from then, we went around, did a bit of shopping around, around the city. And then we went into Wynn's Hotel and had a drink, a glass of wine. So then I got the bus and came straight home. So at the weekend I'll go to my daughter for my dinner on Sunday, my married daughter. Uh, I bought myself a new jacket. Uh, going out tonight, a friend of mine's going back to London. So we are all going to uh, a few drinks and then go dancing tonight. I go down to my grandma's and I play with my friends all the time. What did you get in town today? I got an ice cream 
Well, we've been all around town since early this morning. We've been in all the shops. We stopped for lunch and uh, we had a nice lunch and we met two very nice people and had a grand chat with them, which we thoroughly enjoyed. We went all around shopping because my son is coming to 21 and we're looking for cars and what have you for him. So I'm very tired at this stage. I'm heading for home. So tomorrow, please God, I hope to head into town again to continue where I left off today. Just hitting the terminus now, Tom. Just unloading. Right. Is there anyone up there on the way? Is it over, Mark? No, it's pretty clear, Tom. Tell you what, then, go on in the back way and special into the guys on your break. Over. That's grand, thanks, Tom. Right, Mark. That's great. Great news. I'm on now for the rest of the evening, and uh, I. I expect it to be fairly busy if it's anything like the, the usual weekend. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, hard as the night goes on, that uh, I won't have too much trouble with passengers, cigars, being drunks and what have you. Um, the type of people you'd have going to the town, especially the weekends, are mostly the young people, you know, from 17 up to 20 years of age. And uh, these are the, the, the kids we expect to get a little bit of hassle off at the end of the evening, you know. You don't see very many uh, adult people, you know, in their late 40s or 50s going into town at night, and they usually stay local. My name is Jim O'Shaughnessy. I'm in this job since I was over 15 years of age. It's nearly 24 years. Uh, the job has always been a family job. Uh, my father was just retired after doing 49 years, and my grandfather was in it, and I have a couple of uncles were in it, and one still in it. And uh, it's, it's always been a family job. Yeah. Going down to Quinn's tonight, it's a pub and drunk down to meet some friends, some friends that I used to know in school, we're meeting back up tonight, haven't seen each other in about two years, so hopefully for a good night, a bit of laugh. It's a big gang of us and we're all very close friends and we always meet up every Friday night at five o'clock in the Finnator, all eight of us. See, and uh, we have a few drinks, and then we we change partners. <laughs> I like the type of work that I'm doing. I like uh, dealing with the people out on on the bus, and uh, I've always wanted to be a bus driver from an early age. I came into this job when I was 15 or so, and uh, I'd done so many years as a conductor, and went on as a driver after that. Um, I find it very difficult to adjust to the new way we're walking, you know, with these new machines and um, new rules and regulations. So I'm, I'm part of the old stock of the job and I like to continue on the way I was for years. Um, it's The job is a little bit more difficult as regards you have extra work to do when you're a one-man bus. You have fares and dealing with the, the passengers more so than when you're just an ordinary driver. And the responsibility is a lot greater than what we had before. Your, your mind has to be more occupied as regards safety and driving and everything else because you're, you're doing two men's work at the one time. The attitude that the, the public have to, to uh, bus drivers and conductors now is not what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. We, the, the busmen have lost an awful lot of their credibility in this job. Um, we're not treated with the same respect as we were when I started in the place. Like, for instance, like if you broke down a terminus, you had 
people often came out to me and uh, gave me you know, tea or sandwiches in the middle of winter, where if you broke down now, they'd leave you sitting out there and you wouldn't as much as get an hello off them. Um, you didn't have the same amount of level of violence and uh, busmen being the first people to be attacked by the public when they got on the bus as regards bus being late or why the bus wasn't there. But in actual fact, it's not our fault, it's, it's the management. They are the people that make out the duties, make out the schedules and they're supposed to be looking after the public interest. Where in actual fact it's the driver or the conductor that gets the lashing from the public the minute they get on the bus if a bus is missing. Yeah, we were in we were in the white horse, you know, over on the keys. I was a good as yeah. It was uh, we were hoping to get a bit of music upstairs, but there was no band on. So it's only the youth of the day, isn't it? We smoke a few ganjas, you know, smoke a few joints. Hello, uh, my name is Michael Cavanagh, Inspector Michael Cavanagh, and my function here at the Carlton Cinema is to make sure that all the buses are here on time and that there's no rowdyism and try to to stop any rowdyism before it happens, before they get onto the bus and that all the buses get away on time and everybody's carried home. That's basically, we want to see everyone be carried, you know, and that everyone gets home without any trouble. When we had the 2PO situation, uh, the bus would be halfway out the road before the conductor would get up to them and they'd be more inclined to tell them we're not paying or get lost. But now when they have to pay getting on, it stems a lot of the trouble straight away, you know. A lot of this trouble are kids that can't hold their drink, you know, they're drinking and they, they can't hold and they get a bit wild. But basically, uh, there's nothing really that serious, you know, as regards the last but just high spirits, I think, you know, kids that can't hold their drink. That's basically it. You had police escorts here for a while on the weekends. Um, there was an awful lot of trouble, seats being thrown out through the back windows of the buses and um, seats being thrown onto oncoming uh, traffic following the bus and uh, we had the police with us going up and down here for a number of months. Thank <laughs> you. 
a quick run up the stairs so that I checked there's nobody left behind. That's okay, we're all clear now. We can go back to the garage. Finish. I'll just take off the numbers after this now because we're finished work now. We don't pick up any passengers going back to the garage at this time of the night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.